Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. I want to ask a couple of questions off of our wonderful survey here. Did anybody answer, what attributes of the Lord do you value most? I said a smile. Mm. How many of you know what Nick's saying when he's saying the smile of God? How many of you can imagine? Yeah. I like that. That's an intimate, that's an intimate term. Anybody else? What attributes of God? His loving care and heart that aches or rejoices in outreach to others. Yeah, in outreach to you. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important that, like when we, you all talked about sharing and being people that share your faith, it's important to know that God loves us. But when it's you and God, and when we're talking about intimacy, God loves you. He died for you. He wants relationship with me, right? What else? What's an attribute of God that you admire? That he's true. He's true. He always tells the truth. He is the truth. Yep. And somebody who tells the truth is somebody that we can trust. You know the parable, it was, I think, the talents, but it might have been the other thing, the minas, whatever. But one of the servants did not bring God a return on the gifts that he had given him. And... um, when God says, why didn't you give me a return? The man basically says, because I know that you are a harsh master. Right? And I don't, God is not, he has high expectations for you because he knows what he has equipped you to do. But he is not harsh. He is a good father who will teach you time and time and time again with patience, care, and love. This is how you do that. And let's try again. And maybe you didn't hit the mark that time, but I'm still with you. I'm not disappointed. Do you know that if God knows everything that is ever going to happen, it is impossible for him to be disappointed in you? But how many of you have stayed back in your relationship with God at points because you felt like he was disappointed in you, right? I was just talking with one of you earlier today about people perceiving that someone feels a certain way and acting on that even though that person doesn't feel that way. How often do we do that to God? Our perception is that he's disappointed, that we've let him down again, that he's ashamed of us. He never feels that. And it causes us sometimes to be distant. 
Okay, last question. Do you have an easier time relating to the Lord as Father, as Almighty God, like the general, the cosmic general, Jesus, your co-heir, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, a friend, or an acquaintance? How do you have the easier time relating to the Lord? If you would say, I most often relate to the Lord as a friend, raise your hand. If you would say, I most often relate to the Lord as a counselor. I most often relate to Jesus as a brother or co-heir. I most often relate to God as Almighty God, like a general, like I'm here for whatever orders you want to give me. I might would really be raising that for me on that one. How many of you say, I most often relate to God as Father? Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight is God as Father. And I jotted down this afternoon some different characteristics that the Bible tells us of God the Father. And I'm just going to read through some of these real quickly. I'm going to give you a scripture reference. So if one of these characteristics really resonates with you and you think, I need God to be that, I want God the Father to be that to me, just jot this down and you can look it up later. But he's loving 1 John 3, 1. He's a refuge. That's a safe place. That's a place I can run when I need help or counsel. That's Psalm 91, 1 and 2. He's caring, Matthew 6, 26. He's merciful, Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. He's kind, Ephesians 2, 7 and 8. He's gracious, that means He extends grace to you. He knows that we're humans. Um, that's Psalm 116.5. He's strong. Psalm 24.8. He's a healer. Exodus 15.26. He's forgiving. 1 John 1.19. He's always with us. Psalm 46.1. He's faithful. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. And he's a shepherd. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. And he's a helper. Isaiah 41, 10. <clears throat> None of those characteristics should cause us to feel like that we cannot boldly and authentically approach God the Father at any time. I want to read you, this is in John 14. I'm on, it's kind of long. I'm going to start in verse 6 and I'm going to go to 19. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. 
And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. <coughs> if you love me, you will obey what I command, just like Kinsley was saying. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and with, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see any more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. I will not leave you as orphans. You are not an orphan. And as far back as Adam and Eve and before the fall, the enemy has been after family and your perception of family and how when he can fracture and wound us in the place of our family, that cuts very deep, very deep wound. It's a soul wound, okay? And even the most perfect families we can get wounded. Maybe it isn't even the fault of our parents or our family. It sometimes is just a perception that we take on ourselves. Like, um, I have had an issue with performance all of my life, as far back as I can remember. And I can remember as a little girl trying so hard and failing always to be perfect. Well, my parents never made me feel like I had to be perfect. But it was a perception that I had that my performance is what caused people to love me, right? So the enemy has been after your perception of family from the beginning, and it started in the fall. Now, when Adam and Eve lived in the garden before they fell, they experienced four things. They knew their significance. They walked in significance. They had a purpose. The Lord gave them their purpose, right? They had security. All of their needs were met. Every single thing provided for. They had identity. They knew who they were. And they had intimacy. The Bible says that God would come in the cool of the day and walk with them in the garden. So they were fully significant, fully secure, complete in their identity, and they had intimacy with God. And the enemy came. 
And the enemy began to point out the one thing that the Lord had told them not to do and begin to focus on the one thing that they that was not for their good. And he began to lie, right? But it was because he was after family. So there are four questions that I just want you to kind of be thinking about. And I'm wondering if any of us struggle with what is called the orphan spirit. Because what we just read is that Jesus said, I have not left you as an orphan. And you have access to the Father because of me. So if you imagine that God the Father, your Father, the King, lives in a kingdom and there's a moat and we can't cross it. Well, Jesus is the bridge that gets us across the moat, right? So if there's anything that's hindering us from coming to our Father, it isn't that we don't have a way because Jesus is the way, right? And it isn't because he's ashamed, disappointed, and doesn't want us in his presence. It has to be something that is broken in us, right? Which would be an orphan spirit. So are you always striving for success? Are you always in performance mode? I would say that's something that I've struggled with. Are you constantly worried about having enough? Having enough money, having enough time, having enough support, having enough answers. Are you always worrying about having enough? Do you live in a constant sense of shame, like feeling like you're the black sheep? Or do you struggle with intimacy with God? Do you view God more as a master than a father? Well, the first being that I think exhibits the orphan spirit would be Lucifer. Because he was in heaven. The word tells us that he was the worshiping angel and more beautiful than any of the other angels. And when he became full of pride and wanted to be like God, and he was cast out of heaven, what he was never going to experience again is an intimacy with God. What he watched every day in the garden before the fall was Adam and Eve walking with the Father, having significant security, identity, and intimacy, and knowing he will never, ever have that again. And so that is what he, out of an orphan spirit, has attempted to steal from you. <clears throat> One thing that Jesus represents for us over and over and over in the Word is he goes continually to spend time alone with the Lord. And when, after we did question and answers, and I was kind of reading over my notes, um, I'd not thought about this before, but you know when we were talking about 
sometimes the intimacy of your relationship with the Lord needs to be protected and it only is between you and him. Do you know that the majority of times that we read that Jesus went away to be alone with the Father, we don't know what they talked about? Most of the time. Because why? <laughs> it's just a conversation between a father and his son. Those are the same conversations that he wants to have with you because he calls you when you receive Jesus and you say, I'm going to come across the moat because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he made a way, and I'm going to come across that moat. When you come across, you're no longer a slave or um, a servant. You are a child. You are a son and a daughter, and that buys you certain privileges that others don't have. There are three phone uh, calls that come through my phone no matter what is going on. It is my three children. If it's the middle of the night, if I'm in a meeting, if I'm speaking somewhere, if they call me, it's going to ring on my phone because they have privileges that nobody else has. That is how God views you. You can come in at any time unannounced, unprepared, a total mess because you need direction or just completely celebrating something awesome that has happened at any time you have full privileges to enter in to your father's presence. Jesus in one of the conversations that we do get to hear about was at the garden of Gethsemane. That's in Matthew 26 and Jesus gives us an example of what it looks like to be completely vulnerable before the Lord because he says, if there is another way, please don't make me do this. But not my will, but yours. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And the Bible says that he cried drops of blood. He sweat drops of blood. He was so grieved. And he met with his father. And I can imagine at the end of that how God must have tended to him in preparation for what he was facing. Same thing for you. He knows that things are not easy. He knows that the decisions you're making, the the, the obstacles that you're currently overcoming, he knows how hard they are. And you can enter in and address him as a father. And he's going to give you direction and strengthen you and prepare you to face what's next. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. God does not want what you can do. He wants you. And tonight, we're just going to spend a little bit of time um, asking the Lord if we have any part of an orphan spirit that He would reveal that to us. And this is not saying anything at all about your earthly parents. This is between you and God. This is about the way that you see God the Father. And this is something that we need to get healed 
before we go forward if there's any part of this. Because we don't want any fracture, no brokenness within us. And we don't want anything to stand between us and our relationship with the Father. So in just a minute, we're gonna, um, I'm going to have you guys stand up. I want you to consider um, these four questions again. And we're going to spend a minute kind of praying about this. I want you to ask yourself... Do you feel like you struggle with performance? You always feel like you're striving. Or you're constantly worried about not having enough or not being taken care of. Or you feel like you're the black sheep. Or you struggle with intimacy because you have trouble viewing God as a father. So if you would say yes to any one of those four questions, I just want you to stand up because I'm going to pray over you. Okay. (laughs) So God, we just ask that you would speak directly to each one of our hearts, God. And Lord, we say we want to see clearly who you are and who you say that we are. And God, we know that we're not orphans. And we have the greatest, the only perfect the completely kind and loving who is crazy about us, Father, and that is in you. And we just ask, God, that you would forgive us where we have had a wrong perception of who you are. And God, would you just begin to whisper into each one of our hearts who you see us to be? God, when I look around the room, I see sons and daughters that are strong and faithful, who are committed, who are compassionate and kind, who are faith-filled and unafraid, who are chasing hard after you. And if I can see that, I can't imagine how full of pride that you feel, God. And we just say to you, Father, it's hard to wait. And it's hard to look around and see the state that the world is in and to not know what to do. And it even feels a little bit scary, God. And it's definitely overwhelming. And we thank you, God, that you are not only God, but you are our Father. And you provide all of our needs, God. You have not left us as orphans. You have prepared us and equipped us. And you are with us. And you love us. And so, God, we ask in Jesus' name that you would heal that orphan spirit in us, God. 
and that we would be able to declare that we are sons and daughters. And so I just want you to say out loud, if you're standing up, I am not an orphan. I have a father. I am not an orphan. And I have a father. And he loves me. And he loves to see me in his presence. And I never have to stand far off. You've been listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.